you see it come up there yet? What do you have there, dude? Some kind of uh eco drink. B C A or some uh It's an eco drink. Eco drink? It's it's new. I just got it for softball because I was cramping up a lot. So that's supposed My to calves. That's supposed to it hydrate helped, you? It helped me out a great deal. Yeah. It's got vitamins and minerals. I told somebody, they asked me what I was drinking at the gym because it kind of smells like that. And uh, I was like, this is a BCAAs, bro. I'm like, what the hell is that? What's that? Amino, amino acid change. It, no, it's intra. Intra workout. What is up, everybody? Happy Saturday. <laughs> Smitty with a what up? What up? Oh, man. Smith Diesel? Smith Diesel with a what up? I'm not finding it yet. I'm, I'm... That's all right. I can see it from the, here. What song is this? This is uh, Exo Tour Life. This is like a mumble rapper, I guess. I really like this song. Yeah. This from this on my mix from last summer. It just was stuck in my head. Seven viewers, bright and early. We were supposed to start 45 minutes ago. I'll let, and Nick, I'll let Nick tell him what happened. I, you know, I posted that you had to go to batting cages this morning. No, no, I'm done with I'm done with softball for a while. After Sea World, well, I'm still playing tomorrow. Sea Worlds, of course you are. You're never done with softball. Uh, did you do the hard stop again? It's still playing, bro. You can hear it. Oh, man, all right. Well, that you, now you did the hard <laughs> stop. You can't do that. I was watching your. You're one where I was gone this past week. So I went to Florida to play softball in in um, Vieira, which is, I guess, near Cape Canaveral. It was a pretty cool area. But it was like a billion degrees. The turf got to 142 degrees. But I did watch your show, and the hard stop needs to, needs Listen, to stop. Listen, it's hard to sit here and produce and talk and read the comments. What up, Steve Max? Yeah. Steve agrees with me. He says you're never done softball, and you are never done softball. I do have a game tomorrow, but I do have to apologize. We were supposed to start at 10 o'clock today. Yeah, I happened? had to. I had to get up. I'm not feeling well as it is. I got a headache. I didn't drink last night at all, so Smith, don't even say anything. So I um, I woke up, didn't feel great, and I needed to get a haircut. Um, and Saturday is the only day that I can go to get a haircut because it's just too much running around. Saturday morning is my thing, and there was a lot of people in there. So I met Did up. You have with, some barbershop talk over there. Yeah, some barbershop talk. Talking about podcast. Well, there was a guy over there that he wanted to. Uh, so there's a big TV, and he always plays ESPN in there. Uh, the guy that runs the shop. So this is a Vacanti style parlor. The guy that runs the shop over there is Chris Vacanti. He opened the the shop probably, I'd say probably close to two years ago at this point. It's been a while. Um, Where is it at? It's over uh, right near Jeffersonville Golf Course on Main Street on Ridge. Is it Ridge? Ridge or Main Street? It's Main Street there. It's not yeah. Ridge. Near Jayville. I mean, I go off all the time. I'm trying to figure out where that it's is. It's right next to the Enterprise. It's a small little building, but the setup inside is really cool. So I talked to Chris a little bit. We may want, we may think about doing something in the future in the shop there, but that's why I'm late. I was sitting there. Chris has a packed house, and he, he was just mowing through heads. And um, so I got my hair cut. I do have a hat on, so I could show you if you guys want. I can go hatless. My microphone keeps drooping here. I'm trying to figure this out. Across the street from Peppers, somebody says. Okay. I'll yeah. have to look for it next time. It's in that shopping center where there was like a seafood place. Yeah, is that it? And like a chiropractor thing in Milano? No, it's, I'm telling you, it's tiny. There's a, like them and it's an enterprise rent a car. 
Enterprise. I think I know where that is. So I mean, it's, if it's if it's in that stretch there, right across but the street, then yeah, inside everything's fine. like brand new. He's peppers, got nippers. Sorry, Smitty. Nice TV. He's got yeah. Peppers is different. Peppers is King Project. Nice, nice TV in there. He's got uh, music playing, and you know he's got snacks and you know, whatever you need. But so we're me and Chris might be setting something up for a remote show down the line. But that's there's more to come on that. So that's nice. why that's why we're getting started late this right. morning. You I look apologize. sharp, bro. Looks good. Thank Let's you. Clean you up a little bit. Thank I you. told Nick to just come here and I'll clean him up with my clippers. I get him a nice, nice crew cut. Come down here to give you crew cut. Yeah. No, I said my, my head's a little bit too tiny for a crew cut. <laughs> it doesn't look right on my body. But So before we get into all of our content for the day, we have a lot, a lot to cover. It was a busy week in sports. I did want to uh, give ourselves a little uh, congratulations to the fans on a milestone we just hit. We just hit 100 subscribers on YouTube. Whoa. So I know that doesn't, that's not a big deal to everybody, right? Like that's not a a huge thing like a hundred to nothing but it means a lot to us right because that means that's a hundred people that are checking in and and supporting us so seriously big ups everybody uh my boy rob was uh i was on xbox live last night and he was like oh do you get 99 subscribers i'm gonna be a hundred and i was like yep you win a prize 100 subscribers you win a prize wow that's awesome i didn't even know that so I do, i'm just learning that here yeah um and and that's pretty cool i appreciate everybody out there kind of sharing us if you're into it share it um, try to get other people involved if you can. Uh, we just like to have a good time, talk sports, and hopefully, hopefully bring some knowledge. Maybe every yeah, once in a while, have fun. It's, everybody seems to enjoy it. I got the t-shirts coming in Monday, so that's really exciting. So I'll do. Um, obviously, next Sunday we have the live show at Screwballs. Quick reminder: that's eleven o'clock. That's before the Eagles game. Uh, we'll go right up to the Eagles game. That's Screwballs Sports Bar and Grill and King of Prussia. Uh, if you don't know where that is, hit Nick up or hit myself up so we can give you the address. It's all over our social media too. Uh, so I'll have the t-shirts there, but I'll probably do like a little midweek um, little reveal for the t-shirts so everybody can see them. Um, I'll put them out there. I want to try YouTube live. I've been saying that. So I'll probably do that and then I'll share it on Facebook so everybody can see them. And yeah, we hope to see everybody out there on Sunday. Yeah, it'll be really cool. And if you've never been to Screwballs, it's a really nice little setup there. They got food, drinks, everything. So once we get started at 11, we're going to be talking a lot of Eagles. Obviously, they have, uh, they have the t- Titans next week. Yep. Um, and we'll be kind of breaking down this week as well in football. So we have a jam-packed schedule starting today in college, and then obviously tomorrow, uh, some Eagles news that we'll be getting into as well. Yep, absolutely. So um, yeah, so let's let's get into this week. There was so much that happened this week. Uh, so we got we're gonna go through the gamut, right? Carson Wentz is back this week for the Eagles. We got Baker Mayfield, which of course we have to touch on. Uh, Josh Gordon. Tiger in the Tour Championship, all that stuff. But let's start with college football, Nikki, because it's a college football Saturday morning here. Uh, the Twelve o'clocks kick off in about an hour, so we wanna we wanna get to these. I know Prof's got picks. Prof picks coming back here for college football. Prof picks are coming back now. I'm gonna warn. I'm, I'm just like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna set up any disclaimers. I think, but oh boy, my last two weeks. I'm just being honest with you. My last two weeks, I've been rusty, but I'm back into the swing of things. I did my homework today, and I'll, I'm gonna be back on it today. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. There we go. So, um, couple. Let's run through the games of note, right? And then we can talk about our picks. Uh, so, first game here at twelve that's going to be of note is Notre Dame at Wake. So that's minus seven. And our resident Notre Damer, Coach T, I know he was a little worried because I don't like that. He feels like it's a short line. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it either. Yeah. So he he was a little worried about this game. You know, Wake is a little bit better than I think people are giving them credit for, and that is just a touchdown line for Notre Dame in Wake. So the Notre Dame fans are a little uneasy. Any thoughts on that game, Prof? I stayed away. I did stay away from it. I, I do like 
I, I, I agreed with Coach T. I think it's a short line. Thinking Coming into it, I'm thinking at least 10, maybe 14 at that point. When I looked at the line, I'm like, man, that's a little short. Didn't move too much, but again, just when you go in the prop system and you're looking at the line itself and you're setting it in your own mind and then you look at the actual line and where it is, it tells you. Right. So I, I want to stay away. I don't want to disrespect Coach T and go against the Irish, but I'm, I'm, I'm out of that. Right. One. And and if you're Coach T, right, he's not – I don't think he's going to place a wager on it. He just no, needs no. him to win outright. So. No, never. Coach but I think it will be a good game. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that at the 12 o'clock here. Some other notables I had down. Georgia plays Mizzou. So that's sort of a weird game because it's an out-of-conference game here. Mizzou, obviously, Big Ten. Uh, Georgia at Mizzou, and Georgia's minus 14. One I'm interested to watch, but also one that that didn't stand out to me as far as the line goes. Uh, you know, I'm interested to see how it goes because, you know, I, I like both of those teams, but I'm not, I'm not feeling anything with the line. There was no movement on it to tell me anything otherwise, so I'm not, I'm not going with I that. Thought it was a, I thought it was a case of maybe a little short. I thought maybe it'd be closer to 17. I could be nitpicking, but... Yeah, I mean, anything up in that range is... It's a big number. Yeah, it's still a big number. Obviously, in college, you're going to get these humongous astronomical numbers, yeah. and I don't know if you had a chance to watch Penn State last night. So I, t I watched... Uh, I w got into it the second half. So coming out of it the second half, I was watching Ozark trying to get – I'm almost – I got one more upset of Ozark. <laughs> so watched Ozark till about 11, and it was a late game because they're in, yeah. they're in uh, Illinois. Yep. And um, they came out 21-17 at the half. I'm like, wow, this is kind of a game. And then Penn State just started just running away on. with them. They covered. Like 63 to – what was yeah, it, 20-something. They, they covered. covered the it's a big number. Yeah, but everybody was going crazy on Twitter, like uh, Illinois in this game, and turns out – not so much. Not so much. So that was a that was a one of those huge lines that you look you look at. Some of these lines, I, I like to stay away from them just because they're ridiculous. Yeah. You know, all the Alabama games until you get down to the end of the year are going to be, you know, minus thirty six and things like that. I don't, I'm not really a big fan of that. But so the best straight man in the business because the next game I have here, and this is one I really wanted to talk about to your point because I heard an interesting fact this week from a Vegas insider which I wanted to share, uh, and I've run into this before. So Texas A and M is at Bama. And Bama's at minus 26, almost a four-touchdown favorite. And that seems like a big number because A&M is intra-conference. And A&M, you know, obviously looked pretty good to start the season here. But here's the thing I heard about Bama, uh, and I did mention I've run into this before. So Alabama this year is by far the team that has covered the spread by the most points. They've covered their spread. So they've scored, this is scoring over their spread, 85 points. So that means whatever spread their game was, they've gone over that by 85 points. And so what the Vegas insider was talking about is now you have to pay the tax. You have to pay the Alabama tax. So let's say right. let's say it's going to be inflated. Correct. So let's say this really probably is more truly like a three touchdown game, right? Like 21, but they're inflating it up to five to get you to 26 because they want you to pay the tax. They want it. They're inflating the Alabama line because they've been covering their spreads by so much. So it's the Alabama tax. And now the question is. I've been I've rolled tide. I've been rolling tide. I've said that right because I think they're so good, and I love laying big numbers. Um, it's a big number for a reason, right? But when I look at this one today, and it will be in my picks, that twenty six is an interesting line because I think it's too many points, right? Like that, to me, that's a three touchdown game. But with the tax on there, you got to worry about that. Um. So Steve Steve O'Mac checks in and he says they haven't played anybody good. So Steve, I think the point that Jack was trying to make is yes, they haven't played anybody good, but the fact that they they cover the spread is one thing, 
but they've covered the spread plus 85. So right. over top of whatever the cover is. Think about that in three games, right? Because you're right. They haven't really played anybody good, but the spreads on these games have been 28-30, and they're covering that in the three combined games plus 85. It's insane how much they're winning by. I mean, they won last week like 62-7, to right? I mean, the spread was in the 30s, and they covered it easily. There's somebody that you're comfortable taking that big number with. Right. Do you know what I mean? You know, there, there's going to be Alabama's, Georgia's, Clemson's that are all going to have these big numbers. And then when, when you see a smaller number for Georgia, that stands out to you. Correct. Me, you know, Correct. not so much because it is still a big number. Right. Um, and it is, it is Mizzou. It's not, it's not, you know, right. Southwest, whoever cares. State. Right. Southern Miss, like, or something like that. No. And I agree with you. So, um, actually what I was saying, we ran into this before and, uh, I, Matt High would remember this from our college days, uh, the Randy Moss year for the Patriots they were lighting the world on fire and we bet them every week. And even like a game against Buffalo when it was minus 21, which is like the most insane line in NFL, right? I don't think it was that. Maybe it was 17. You never see lines that high in the NFL and the Patriots end up winning by 35. But what ended up happening was towards the end of the year, their lines were so inflated because then it was the Patriots tax. Yes. And you start to see that with teams because the books don't want to constantly get beat every week. Well, you see it with you see it with uh, Ohio State here. It's they open 34 and a half, jump to 37. You right. know, it's like some that's crazy. Yeah, because as soon as people see a number for a big spread like that, they just jump all over it. They put what they push that up two and a half already. Yep. And I would still probably take the thirty seven. That's such a big number. It's so though. many points. I mean, that's just such a such a crapshoot for any. I mean, anybody outside of Alabama, Alabama does. They do cover that number all the time. I mean, I know Ohio State has as well. But yeah, you know those those are games that I kind of just don't even. I, I I can't even watch them. Yeah, <laughs> well, you don't want to. You no, just want to look stupid. at the bottom line and just wait for the number. Exactly. It's, it doesn't even make it fun. So I there was a lot of lines on here this week that that showed a lot of movement and kind of went along with the way that I do things as far as, as making those, those bets. But I stayed away from the kind of the smaller games, like the, you know, there, there's kind of goofy lines out there with smaller college teams. So I kind of stuck with the bigger, the bigger names for this week, just to make it a little more fun. Sure. Just to, just to kind of show what, what my brain's thinking. Yeah. I don't know if you're ready to jump into it. Yet. Yeah. Let's go, let's go picks. Cause I have, I have a couple games that I wanted to talk about only because we were talking about like tight games and lines. So, couple more I'll throw out there before we'll prof pick, and then I'll tell you my pick. So uh, TCU's at Texas, and that's TCU minus three. Wisconsin's at Iowa, and that's Wisconsin minus three. I thought that was a short line, so that was an interesting game. Um, I feel like Wisconsin should be more like a touchdown. And then tonight, really the primetime game is uh, Stanford at Oregon, and Stanford is minus two and a half, so that's, that's so an interesting game. I do have that game on there. Wisconsin and Iowa is – that's a weird one. Um you feel like Wisconsin would be would be stronger coming off of a, a loss, and the fact that it's not kind of yeah that line that, that line to me a little bit. Um, it, it is one of those conference games though that's always going to be played tight. True. Uh, Wisconsin does need to come out and and grab a big win, so I stayed away from it because I didn't see a whole lot of movement. I didn't really set it up that high. You said a touchdown. I I think probably like five five and a half something like that. But okay. Uh, at the same time, you're you're right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I know it just keeps falling. I think it's frozen out. It's freezing in here, dude. Is it? Yeah, man. You got the the air blast. I was sweating when I was setting up, so I had to get that thing blasting, cause. So, I'll open it up with. Uh, I I looked at Stanford, Oregon. Okay. So, 
this this line opened up at Oregon minus one and a half and has now swung to Stanford minus, minus two, two and, and a half, half is what I saw this morning. So I'm taking Stanford minus two and a half over Oregon. I like Stanford. Their offense is, is high-powered. I know Oregon is not the, the Oregon of old, um, and that's why I'm sticking with, with Stanford. Okay. So if we could st- – what time is that game on? Like uh, that's, 1230? I think that's a, that's a night game. Yeah, yeah, as usual. Yeah, in Oregon. 1230 after midnight 11, game. 11 o'clock one. special. That's one that if you lost all your bets early, you go chasing the 11 o'clock special, like when Hawaii plays Boise State or something. What do you got? All right, so – We'll start with uh, Bama, and I am going to pay the tax. I think Bama wins by more than four touchdowns. It's sitting at 26 right now. Uh, I'm not going to stop. I had this philosophy when I take these big spreads and these teams every week, and it is I won't stop taking them until they don't cover. And since they've covered every week, I'm not going to stop now. I know A&M is a good team, but I think Alabama is just rolling right now. It's in Bama, so I'm comfortable with this up to 28, it's at 26 right now. I'll take it at 26, and I'll take Bama. Later points. Okay. If you could bear watching it, watch it. Yeah, and it's it's an important game, too, because, you know, it's it's intra-conference in the SEC, so I'm, I'm okay with that. All right, so my next one, this is not, a, this is not a, a high-powered game by any means. I did say I had some bigger names in it, and this, this bet includes Florida State, who stinks. They, they do stink. So I'm taking Northern Illinois plus 10. It's down from 11 and a half. So there's a little bit of a swing toward Northern Illinois. I hate Florida State this year. That's interesting. I really hate Florida State this year, and I'm taking the 10 points for Northern Illinois. Okay. I like that. I like that. Uh, dude, we, it's funny because I, I was listening to uh, two weeks ago when we did the show, and we talked about Florida State-Syracuse, and you were like, watch out. Yeah. Like, they're going to go up there, and, and they're going to get boat raced outright. Yep. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's just you're just looking at a team that's completely They're in complete disarray. Yeah, yeah, so I agree. I'm taking Northern Illinois, which is a weird. It's a weird pick. It's a weird school to take, but no, you know, I like. Got to look at the swing a little bit and setting the setting the line in your brain. You know. Yep, I like it. So I'm going to take you to the Big Twelve. I got West Virginia visiting Kansas State. West Virginia's minus 16. I think they're going to destroy Kansas State. Kansas State smelling themselves. 16 and a half. They've started off decent. Okay, I want to get that before it's at 17. So um, I'd like to lock that in now if I could. Um, I had it at 16. 16 and a half doesn't matter. Uh, I think they win by three touchdowns or more. So I'm going to take West Virginia. Yeah, it's a good pu- that's a good push. Uh, West Virginia's way opens at minus 14. Yeah. Obviously, the, you know what their quarterback can do. Um, Greer. Uh, he's he's going to be a Heisman hopeful. Yeah, their 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 offense is high powered, and their defense is better than most in the Big Twelve. So that's why, um, you know, I think they are. I actually, as a dark horse, think they can win the Big Twelve. So uh, depending on what Oklahoma does, but yeah, I like really like them today. All right, so my last one that I'll get into is I'm going to take Virginia minus five and a half over Louisville. It opened at three and a half, and Virginia's at home. So they're minus five and a half. They had a little bit of a swing. I like them. Probably touchdown win. Okay, I like that. And I'm going to go with a sort of a big game here uh, in terms of the names. TCU at Texas. I mentioned that TCU minus three. It actually has been dipping down like two and a half minus three. I would love to get it at two and a half, but obviously because you see where I'm going here, I'm going to take TCU. Uh, I last week I heard comments that they were saying um, TCU is the fastest team they've ever played. That was Ohio State. 
Uh, that means a lot to me. I think Texas is on the way back, but I don't think they're there yet, even though it's in Texas. And Texas's coach is amazing as a dog. This is a slight dog. I'm going to take TCU. I'll lay the two and a half or three. I'll take TCU. Well, that closes out my college picks. I don't know if anybody has anything to chime in. They want to make some picks of their own. Do we have Do we have anybody today? So uh, I put it out there for a celeb pick. Obviously, our celeb picks have been 0-2. It's uh, well-documented. So um, we need somebody listening to the show to give us some winners here so we can get the fans back on the right track. I did have a bonus game um, that I wanted to talk about. Pitt is at UNC. Obviously, we I have the Pitt tie, so I like to talk about Pitt. Um, Ties, baby. Yeah, ties. Hashtag ties. So Pitt, oh, they were minus three and a half. I looked this morning, they're minus three. I actually think UNC wins that game outright. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> I think I think Pitt's going to go down to North Carolina and lose. Uh, sorry, buddy. Lizy's got who's he got? Michigan State. What's the line on that, Ricky? Michigan State. Is that what we're yeah. looking for? Yeah, Michigan State. Oh, man. There's so many games to, to burn through here when you're looking at these things. Yeah. Well, Ricky will put the lineup. We'll, we'll, we'll move on here, um, and then Ricky can give us Michigan the lineup. Michigan State is minus four and a half over Indiana. So what's Ricky? Likes the Michigan State? Okay. That's weird. Michigan State. They're, they're so weird this year. Oh, he likes the over. That's He's doing over on this. He likes the over? Okay. We don't dabble with that. I typically don't, although you know what? Here's, here's a pro tip again, that I got yesterday, uh, and it, it typically holds true. So the safest bet actually every week is you go and you look at the college football board and you pick the game with the highest over-under total, take the over, and the game with the lowest over-under total, take the under. And if you do that every week, it hits at about an 80% clip. <laughs> and, I mean, hey, it can't really 80%, argue with that. 80%, that's a, that's a good percentage. Yeah. So, I'd take that. Yeah. Just take those two every week, and you should win about eight out of ten times. Yeah, so if anybody else has any any tips they want to put out there, if, if we want to put our uh, – maybe we'll put up a little bit of a graphic, if we can get a graphic going, of our yeah. our picks versus the listener picks. Um, we'll check, we'll definitely check back in on that when we do our show Sunday. Yeah. I'm working. So actually it's funny. I'm working on a graphic cause I see it all the time when I watch the videos on YouTube where like, it's a, like a finger and it goes and it clicks subscribe. It shows the channel. It's actually pretty cool. I've been working on it for a couple weeks. I'm not great at the graphic design yet. So, but it's, it's coming along. Cool. We're you guys there, will like folks. it. We're getting there. We're getting there. So before we go to the NFL, dude, we have to talk about golf. Tiger Woods is back, baby. He's been back for months now. He, after two rounds is tied for the lead. So, so inform everybody about where he's playing, what he's doing, where, where this FedEx, FedEx Cup is. Yep. So we talked about it. The, this is the Tour Championship, top 30 in the rankings. They are down in Atlanta, and they're two rounds in. Tiger is tied for the lead. I, uh, I know after re- round one he was tied with Ricky. I think Ricky faded. I forget who he was tied with. Uh, I checked it this morning, and I forgot to write it down, actually. I don't know why. Uh, Nick can pull it up real quick. But Tiger, front-running. He led after round one, continues to lead after round two. He's playing very, very well. Um, everybody's super pumped about this because it's Tiger Woods, and he's front-running the pack. Well, here's the problem, and this is the thing that we've been going back and forth with Tiger Woods for months now, and it's how many rounds can he last? You know, he's he's been leading tournaments before, and we see when we get into Saturday and Sunday is that it kind of doesn't fall apart necessarily. He's doing a lot better than what he was doing, but – can he hold it together for four rounds? And 
it's the injury factor that he's he's had going for years now that we're not really sure if he can c- close the deal anymore. Dude, I want to see I want to see Tiger going into Sunday. He's tied with Justin Rose. Justin Rose, okay. At minus seven. Minus seven. I want to see Rory's up there too. Yeah, I saw that. I want to see Tiger go into Sunday with either a share or sole possession of the lead with the friggin' red shirt and just these boys will get so intimidated by Tiger up at the top going into Sunday. I, I'm pumped. I can't wait. I don't agree with that anymore. I really don't think that these guys are getting intimidated by Tiger anymore. Oh, yeah. I, they're, they're not because he's not he's, – he can, he can still hit the ball, obviously, but he's not the longest hitter on the tour. He's not, no. He's not the name that – he hasn't won a tournament in how long? I mean, do you really think guys like Dustin Johnson and, and McElroy and, you know, even Justin, Justin Rose and do you think these guys are really well, let me ask you this. So, afraid of – I'll ask you this on the flip side. So let's say you made it to the bigs, right? And you, you make it to the bigs, right? And you go up to the plate and you got to sit there. up. You got to go and you got to face, I don't know, pick a pitcher who was formerly a power pitcher and then finesse late in his career, John Smoltz. You're still not intimidated by John Smoltz? Of course you are, because you grew up watching him and idolizing him in that. Like, yeah, but there's, these, there's, that's always going to be uh, there. But these are not guys that are coming up. These are guys that have been around for 10 years. I mean, yeah. how long has McElroy and Dustin Johnson been around at this point? Yeah, eight I mean, years. This, 10 this years, is but, not new. They, they've seen right. him. They've seen him, and they've played him at his. They've played him at his worst. So true. They're the intimidation factor is no longer there. I mean, yeah. If, if I'm a if I'm brand new to the PGA Tour. And now I'm playing Dustin Johnson or McElroy. You know, throw another name. I keep saying the same name. Throw another yeah, name well, out there. Yeah, well, Justin Rose, Justin Thomas, right. any like, of those guys. Those are the names Jordan that Spieth. If, I'm a, if I'm a newcomer to the tour, those are the names that I'm intimidated to go against because these are the guys that are winning tournaments and they're up in the top five every single Well, week. I think I think where you're going with the intimidation factor is Tiger's length off the tee these days, and you make a good point. So I wouldn't be intimidated playing a guy like Jordan Spieth because he's just a regular hitter. But playing a guy like Dustin Johnson, who hits the ball 350 off the tee, yeah, that's intimidating because he can just overpower a course. And if you don't have that in your bag, yeah, that's intimidating. I, I said I said that only because that was part of the allure of Tiger. He used to hit bombs off the tee, but that's how he would score. Like he he could score doing that. And you know, Dustin Johnson does that as well. But Spieth, you're you're inti- intimidated for another reason because he's been so consistent and he's been so good. Yeah. Um, you know he, what he he actually yeah. hasn't been good the last couple of weeks has he? He didn't make he didn't make the uh, tour championship. Remember, he he finished thirty first. Right, the first guy out. But I'm just saying the over over the course of a few years, he's one of those guys. He scores differently than than guys like Tiger. Yeah, he's or, the best putter the, on tour. Or the bombers, you know, the yeah. bombers. Out Jordan there. Jordan's the best putter on tour. That's so what it is. that's that's a different that's a different side of it because he's scoring different ways than yeah. and just hitting it long. No, because and, Rory and and DJ are big hitters. Like Rory hits bombs off the tee. But they're, you understand you understand my point where you, you know if I'm if I'm new up and coming in the, on the tour, I haven't been watching Tiger for, you know dominate since when was the last time he he won a, a tournament? 2000 He won a tournament. He won 14? a I think he he won a tournament last year, but it was just a regular event. But he he hasn't won a major in 10 years, 11 years. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I'm pretty sure he did. Check that out. All right. All right. So while Nick's looking at Tiger's history here, if somebody remembers last time you won, I'm pretty sure he won an event last year. Um, Let's get into the NFL storylines everywhere. Game lines everywhere. Going to be a big week. Um, 
let's start with let's start right here at home because the announcement this week is huge. Carson Wentz coming back. Carson Wentz will start this week against the Colts at home. What do you think about that, Nick? All right, call me cautious and call me you know a baby or whatever, but I don't like it. I, I still don't like I still don't like him jumping in this early on in the season. I think I like I said I think we still have a couple weeks now where that we have have to work with where he could have stayed practicing, stayed working on that knee, you know, get some wear and tear on the knee. I know that last week was a big factor in this decision. The the huge loss to to Tampa Bay, I think was a, a major factor whereas if we win that game, we can still afford so even you- more of a cushion where we could keep him out and play him like I said against Minnesota um but now we now we've kind of lost some of that cushion and I think that is what kind of forced the hand a little bit I know you mentioned that last he, week that you were you thought record would play into when they brought him back now I'm, I'm not sure when they announced it I think they might have announced that he was cleared prior to the Tampa Bay game so I you know as far as the clearing goes that's one thing but then actually saying he's going to start this week is another thing I still would have leaned on the air of caution because, again, I'm not really worried about. Obviously, if we fall in a hole this week and we <laughs> we lose to to Indy, that's a that's a big deal, and then he needs to kind of come back. But I'm really more focused on the next ten years as opposed to the next two. Yeah. Three weeks. So I didn't. I don't. So I hear what you're saying because if they're two and zero right now, maybe the coaches feel differently about it. Like I I get that, but I don't think. And the thing, the thing of it is, the the NFC East. It's not like there, there's not like crazy teams where we need to stay on, stay on track with. No. I mean, there's it's there's not a lot of talent out there right now. No, in the I NFC mean, I East. think I think the Eagles could win the NFC East with their eyes closed almost because of how much talent they have compared to the other teams in the division. I don't think I don't think this was record motivated only because he, the way I look at it is like this. Carson Wentz has been chomping at the bit to come back, right? He's a young kid, and as much as you have to protect him from himself, you just you can't keep cellophane or bubble wrap on this guy. And he, if he got cleared last week, he's just knocking down Dougie's door every day, like, Coach, I'm ready. Coach, I got cleared. Coach, I'm healthy. Coach, I want to go. And the, he's, he wants to play, man. Like, so it's hard to hold him back. I think he this should want to play. I think this is, a, play? this is a good week for him to come back because the Colts don't have a tenacious pass rush. So he should get pretty good protection this week. Well, we're also down two running backs. We're down wide receivers. We're down Jason Peters. That's a big factor. I mean, you know, I think that we're looking at this game like we're going to come out and it's going to be just a cupcake team. I think it's going to be a little bit tighter, tighter a game than, than we think it is. Um, I'm, the fact that we're, we're down these, all these players, we're so banged up at the beginning of the year the last thing we need is to bring him out and get him banged up, and now we're now our season's done. Yeah, I agree with that. I just think from where I'm sitting, it, you can't hold him out too much longer because he got cleared and he's ready to go. So I, I actually am glad to see him back. I know I've seen the workouts. He he looks like he's moving fine. I think everybody's glad to see him back. It's not that I'm I'm not glad. I obviously I'm just he, he needs to he needs to be part of this team. He's obviously he brings a different aspect to this team that Nick Foles just can't can't bring. But at the same time. The rushing factor, like if we're rushing him back, I don't want to do that. Right, agreed. And I think, I think overall, 
the organization wouldn't do that because they realize the importance of him long term. Like they're not playing it for short term with him. He's supposed to be here for the next ten to twelve years. No, so. and that's and that's what I hope. But yeah. again, we look at the loss from last week, and does it play a factor? Does it did it speed up that process of clearing him? Sure. Any further? And again, so, I'm not sure if he may have been medically cleared. I don't know if it was before the game or if it came out after the game. Right. But the fact is, now that we're one and one and not two and zero, oh, makes a little bit of a difference in, in terms of what whether people are ready to see him or not. You know, again, that cushion was there if we're two and zero, oh, and now it's it's slightly diminished. Sure. So, speaking of the weapons, the Eagles signed Jordan Matthews. So while that may not you know, light any fires under anybody like, yeah, Jordan Matthews, whatever him and Carson Wentz had a really good connection. And it's funny when I was younger, I used to be like, ah, it doesn't matter. Like who cares if the, you know, the receiver and the quarterback have a connection or would like, like to play together. But it's really, really important when they have a connection because they know when the guy wants to break off a route, having that connection and bringing back somebody as depleted as we are, I feel like he's going to make a difference. He's going to play this week. I mean, they just signed him this week. He's going to play. Yeah, I think he's he knows enough of the offense, but he has he didn't do anything in Buffalo. But coming back here, he there there was that that relationship there. Again, when you look at where he's playing in Buffalo, who was he playing with up there for them to do anything? <laughs> Smitty. Smitty chimes in. Wentz is leaving on a stretcher. Our resident Bills fan checking in. Thanks, Smitty. <laughs> so I don't think it's I don't think he's going to come in and be a world changer right away. But he does bring a different aspect to the offense, especially with Jeffrey being out. You know, the the problem is where do you see his role? Is he going to be a slot guy? Is Aguilar going to be a slot guy? We can't have two slot guys. We need somebody. Yeah, no, I I agree does with Aguilar you. Does Aguilar move to the I outside, agree. or does Matthews move to the I, outside? I think, what do we do there? Yeah, I think they'll probably switch them both up, move them around a lot, and they'll probably go Aguilar out wide more. He's got more speed. I think he's more of a deep threat. Um, you know, Mike Wallace got hurt, so he's supposed to be the top off the defense guy. If you really look at the receiving core, what they're missing right now is that that top off the defense, like Deshaun Jackson type of player. We'll see what happens. We didn't have anybody like that last year. Um, no, not necessarily. Aguilar really was the guy from the slot going deep. He he had a lot of deep plays, and you know I, we'll see what happens. I, I do like Jordan Matthews coming back. Uh, the Colts are not a strong team, but as you said, they're not. It's not a and no game. In the NFL is a layup. They're six and a half point favorites at home, but I think that's the seven now. But the Colts are the Colts are the Colts, and they have Andrew Luck, and he's starting to look like the old Andrew Luck. Then he doesn't have a lot of town around him necessarily, but <laughs> Andrew Luck is a really good player. So, I mean, it'll be a tight game. You, again, you look at the Eagles' defense really to take over more. I just would like to see Wentz back in the game, getting into a rhythm, right, moving around the pocket a little bit, stepping up. I want to see how he looks. And Matthews may be more of a kind of a, a not necessarily a comfort blanket. I think that's Zach Ertz for the most part with Wentz. But it, there, it, there was really no lose in bringing him in. No, you bring him in, you test him out. He already has a relationship with your quarterback. He knows he knows part of the offense anyway. Um, there's there's really no downside to bringing him in just no. to test him out. Now, if he was somebody that would, they were paying zillions of dollars, well, which they're obviously not. That was the argument we had with Des Bryant, right? Because the problem with bringing Des in is if you make a move like that and you sign him because he's going to want big money, then you're stuck with Des. Like Jordan Matthews is coming in, you know, probably like vet minimum or whatever. So it's not. So Jamie deal. checks in and said they're definitely moving Nelson outside, which is which is what I yeah I thought they probably uh, they, they should have do. To. You know, just with Matthews being comfortable where he is, the confidence issue is something that he brings up as well. 
is, you know, I think Nelson is now over that, that hump where oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's, the definitely, yips are gone. he's definitely beyond that. He's got a little bit of a sw- swag to him oh, when, absolutely. He's, when he's getting up from catching the ball. And that's something that you kind of need to see out of a receiver. You know, we don't, we don't really have that guy on the offense no. that does that. It's him. So it's, it, it's, it's good to see that. I think every offense kind of needs that, that kind of uh, energy guy. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, he is that guy, right? He's the crazy guy. He's the catch a seven-yard slant and give you the crazy first down, right? He's your, he's your energy, your flair wide receiver. You remember Nelson Aguilar was a late first round pick. So he has that kind of talent. And I, I don't see an issue with moving him out wide if you get Matthews in the slot at all. I think it's an improvement overall. You know what I, I meant, forgot to mention when I was talking about like the Wentz-Matthews connection? You notice this a lot when you have a backup quarterback come in and then the third receiver or the second receiver will do better with that quarterback than the primary because in practice, the they're running all the first-team routes, so the first-team quarterback's throwing the first-team receiver routes, but then the backup's throwing them to like the third receiver right? because it's the second team. So those guys have that timing. They have that connection together, and you see that a lot. When backup quarterbacks come in, that's a fantasy tip, actually. The third receiver on a team that runs a lot of three-receiver sets, if the backup comes in, all of a sudden winds up with more catches, and you go, why? Like, was he breaking out here? No, it's because that quarterback has has more confidence in the timing of the routes and everything with that guy because in practice, he's thrown him the ball 100 times sure. more than the other guys. Sure, it's the timing. The timing is, is 100% needs to be there, but there's also, you know, when you get down to the, the five-yard line, having Alshon Jeffrey being able to go jump and get – a fade pass, you know, we, that would be nice to have as well. Sure. So something, something nice to have. Let's see what, what Matthews does this week. And then let's see as Alshon gets healthy, maybe we have a decent receiving core if that, if all things click. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, they're really missing Alshon. We talked about it last week because uh, he's a, a, a bona fide 1A receiver in the league. He's right outside that top tier. So his numbers back it up. Uh, it hurts to, to be missing him. But speaking of the defense, you know, I, I think I think this this offense, you know, even though you do have Andrew Luck beside, you know, not it's not Ryan Fitzpatrick, you have Andrew Luck. They they don't have the weapons that Tampa Bay had, uh, as far as Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, um, even even some of their uh, their tight ends, Brait and um, O.J. Howard. They don't the, the the Colts don't really have that. So I think you're going to see a different game from the defense as opposed to last week, which was absolutely horrendous there were the tackling was awful um the big plays is obviously what what put us in a hole yeah i mean that that almost was the entire story right from the first first play of the game the ha- well from the Deshaun off of that, and then, and then like, the one to just, howard yeah you can't you can't give up big plays like that and this is a big play league if you give up big plays like that you're gonna lose um yeah we'll see what happens with the colts so let's let's take a half a step back here because it's saturday let's talk about thursday night Okay, and I, <laughs> there's a lot to say here about Thursday night. So Thursday night, the Browns get their first win in 19 games over the Jets. They're down 14 nothing. Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. Are you all right? Are you Tyrod or Tyrod guy? Um, hmm. now now that you made me think about it, I don't know. It, everybody was saying Tyrod. I think I was more of a Tyrod guy. His he said his name's Tyrod. Yeah, I think I was a Tyrod Everybody still calls him Tyrod. T-Mobile gets hurt. In comes Baker Mayfield, and he's electric. He's everything that Baker Mayfield was, right? He's sharp. His throws were on point. The Browns come back, storm all the way back, and they get the win. 
I think that's what the, the thing that people get wrong about him is that he's just an energy guy and a, a winner guy. You know what I mean? Like they don't understand that he he's an accurate passer and has been an accurate passer for years. I mean, even in college, he was like 70 percent. People just kind of play him as a, a Johnny Manziel where he's just going to come in and bring easy. I, but listen, <laughs> Bring it, people think he's just going to bring energy and you know bring excitement. Well, he's he's more than that. He can actually throw the ball. All right. So here's the thing with Baker, and I caught a lot of flack for this from Thursday up till now because I'm on the record as saying I think Baker's a bust. Will be a bust. I don't think he is an NFL caliber quarterback, especially one that warrants the first overall pick. However, what people have said to me, right, everything you just said. I agree with people have said, Jack, you should like Baker. Like he's your kind of player. And that's true because I love the flair. I love the style. I like that kind of stuff. Right. So in that sense, I do root for the kid and I want to see him do well. I'm not trying to just be like, oh, I need to be right that he was a bust. I want him to do well because I, I want that I smaller mobile quarterback to be able to do well. I don't believe you. But I just, when I, when I look at everything that I like, breaking down about quarterbacks. Now I see a player. He just doesn't look like a long-term NFL player to me. Now, now I want to break down Thursday, right? Yeah. Here's and the, and the, the important thing about Thursday is let's not get carried away. It was the jets. All right. So he didn't go out there. He didn't go out there and beat the Eagles. He didn't go out there and beat the Patriots. He didn't go out there and beat the saints. He did beat the jets and he beat a rookie quarterback in Sam Darnold. Who's two years younger than him. Right. So that's a great first point. It was the jets and they're, you know, even though they started the season decent, they're still the Jets. They're not a great team. The second point that I wanted to make, which I feel like has gotten glossed over too much, is that this is what happens when quarterbacks come on in relief, right? You have a team that prepared all week to play against Tyrod Taylor, and now Baker Mayfield comes in. And if you notice, what they were trying to take away from the Browns was because Tyrod likes to throw the deep ball, right? Or he likes to run outside the pocket. So they really were taking away those corners and they were shutting down what he was trying to do, which left the middle of the field open. And if you watch the game, Baker tore up the middle of the field, right? I mean, he was just, I mean, his throws were, were on point, but he was tearing up the middle of the field. And so their entire game plan got shredded because the quarterback changed and the way that he was delivering the ball, where he was delivering the ball, and who he was delivering the ball to all changed. Now this week, whoever they're playing has a full week to prepare for him. Let's see what happens now. So what the, what the Jets tried to do is bring pressure. They tried to bring, bring pressure because they didn't hit, think that he would expect to see different types of blitz schemes. And, and what he was doing was picking that apart. He was picking up the blitz. He was seeing where the pressure was coming from, and he was getting the ball out very quickly. And on top of that, he, he was making pinpoint throws. The, the one in particular was to Jarvis straight down the middle of the field where like, he kind of caught it around the guy's back. He had another one in, in the back of the end zone. That was a uh, hell of a catch, by the way. That, that guy's amazing. His hands are incredible. He catches everything. So him and him and obviously Odell were teammates at LSU. Yep. And basically all they did all day was just practice catching one hand. Ridiculous catches. Yeah, so they, can both, they both do that. So they have a little bit of an offense going now. Carlos Hyde, was, was, had, you know, he's able to get things going. They have guys, obviously, on the outside, Landry. Gordon's not there anymore. We're gonna talk, which, we're, we'll talk about now, that after this. Now that makes it even more interesting. Yeah. You know, like, what would that offense look like if he was still there? True. So I don't know if you want to jump into that right right now, but I'm not even sure what what all went down. I know that they just 
they let him go. Yeah. I was away. I said, oh, man, they, they went and cut him. Something must have happened. He must have failed a test. Or Yeah, so let's let's talk about it. So anyway, big ups for the Browns. Um, we'll see what happens here next week for them. But they got a win. Cleveland got a bunch of free Bud Lights, which is cool because I really like Bud Light. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about Josh Gordon because we talked about the Browns. And I, I did. I mentioned this last week, right? And I didn't have a chance to fully look into it. I do know what happened now. So because Gordon is had such a troubled past and basically they can, I mean, the guy's an addict, right? He's been to rehab twice. He's an addict. So with the addicts, they have to, you have to come to, and I'm not an expert on this, by the way, sorry, you know, anybody out there that is, but this is just the way I understand it. You come to an agreement that has to be met, right? And that includes checking in, that includes curfews, all those types of things and contact to make sure that you're on the right path, right? It's part of the process for him. And he had once again, violated his agreement with the team in terms of the contact and they didn't know where he was. And those are the times when people like that disappear, they get themselves into trouble. And the Browns basically said, listen, enough is enough. You continue to break our trust and the agreements that we've made. And we've been working with you for six years and you know, they love the guy as a person, but they just made a decision that they are not going to put up with that anymore because they feel like, he was moving off the beaten path again, which isn't to say that he did anything wrong, like he fell off the wagon, but he's not living up to his obligations to them that they had agreed upon for him to be a part of the organization. So that's why they decided to move in a different direction. Well, it, it could be it could be a positive for them to for them to finally put their foot down and say that. But I'm wondering if they're second guessing the future of the team now that they saw Mayfield play for the first time and what what could be with Gordon out there. Um, you know, all in all, all the stuff that he's put them through, he kind of made them look like a joke, even more of a joke than they, they have been for, for the last couple of years. Um, I think for them to put their foot down and actually say, okay, you're out of here, that's a step in the – it's actually a step in the right direction. I agree with you. That's um, a great point. Like, it's actually a step in the right direction saying, okay, we're actually looking out for our franchise. We are trying to build something here. Uh, we're, we can't put up with, with the nonsense anymore. Things are turning around. And if he goes to the Patriots now and he, and he starts playing with Tom Brady really well, everybody's going to look back at this and say, what a mistake the Browns made. But at the same token, they're, they're building for, for more of a future. They're building for the next three years, not next, necessarily this year. Right. Where, where Gordon fits in is, this year, he's well, ready to go. And here's the thing about this type of situation, right? Chris Carter talks about this a lot because he was down the same path that Gordon was when he was here in Philadelphia. And Buddy Ryan had to cut him. And he said it was the best thing that ever happened to him because it was an eye-opening experience. And then he went to Minnesota and obviously goes on to the Hall of Fame career. And he said he never, he did not want to leave Philly, but he loves Coach Ryan, rest in peace, because he saved his life. Because he sat him down and said, "Son, I love you, but I got to cut you because I can't like what you're doing. You know, everything from the money to enabling, and then right, like he he said, I had to do it. And it was a wake up call. And hopefully, you hope for Josh Gordon as the person that that's what this is, right? That finally the Browns done enabling. We're done. Like we're not going to stand for this. You're out. Hopefully, that wakes up for him. In terms of the play on the field, right? I had make because the Patriots are famous for this, right? I mean. For every Corey Dillon they bring in, that's a success. After trouble, there's a Chad Ochocinco who flops out, right? For every 
who else? Uh, for every like our blunt that they bring in, right? Who had some trouble and they bring him in. There's a Albert Hainsworth who flops out. So you never know how it's going to go with them. It's like 50, 50. They bring these guys in super talented. They have had trouble in the past or they've been somewhere else and, and gotten into things with the teams, right? It's 50, 50. So we don't know how it'll go. It's 50, 50. Yeah, but you know what? They, they are the organization that can do that. They can afford to do that. And they also know when to cut their losses, which is something that the Browns were never able to do. And they were always hanging on because he was their franchise. He was their guy. And, you know, the, the Patriots have the luxury of bringing guys like that in who are troubled. And then if there is an issue, if it's not working out, they can cut their losses and not lose a beat. Right. So they take their philosophy. It's really, we're we're going to win without you. We'd love to win with you. Right. It's really the perfect organization for, for him to, to, I agree. No, I agree. I completely agree because with that. They're not going to stand for anything like that. And he knows that if he's, if he wants to play football, he can, if he's going to, if he's focused on other things, he's going to be gone. And, that's kind of they're kind of like the last stop yeah i agree for things like that i agree know? like ocho cinco after after he left there was yeah if you can't gone. if you can't work in new england right then it's kind of just a red flag that, that you're out of here so i agree i'm curious to see if he plays this week i haven't had a chance to look up at that but i i will um kind of check that out i know everybody in the fantasy world will be he was questionable be for this week and i have him in a couple leagues actually and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play it the first I probably week, wouldn't either which you know you, you never know what's gonna happen with and, it, and he's got to learn the offense right and so i think maybe give him a week we'll see what happens but that'll be interesting um so interesting story to watch speaking of interesting stories the steelers are in disarray the dysfunction there is at an all-time high so obviously we know about the Le'Veon bell thing he still hasn't come in but now Antonio Brown is unhappy, didn't show up on Monday for personal reasons, and then they're asking Tomlin about it. Uh, you know, whenever stuff like this happens, they go ask Big Ben in the locker room, and he's always like, oh, you know, he takes like a cryptic shot. Like, he's the worst guy to be at the front of a team with controversy because he's so cryptic with the media. They look like they're in complete disarray. Um, minus the fact that they're oh one and one, right? They tied the Browns and they lost to the Chiefs last week. So I don't know. Steelers are falling apart. An well, AFC favorite, and they're falling apart at the seams. All of that we know that all of this stems from Le'Veon Bell. All of this starts with Le'Veon Bell and his relationship with the ownership, and the fact that he's not getting paid what he, what he thinks that he's worth, and what he probably is. Worth. Absolutely. So th- when the players take a look at let, at it from his perspective. They're saying, well, listen, you guys aren't doing right by him. What makes, what makes you think that, you know, what, what, why can we believe that you're going to do right by us? Right. Well, the problem is what ends up happening is you end up splitting a locker room, right? Because you get, you get half the guys who are like, dude, you need to show up. You need to play, right? Like, blah, blah. And then you get the other half who are like, no, screw that. Get your money. Don't side with ownership. Like, you know, we all understand the business side of it. So that can split a locker room right off the bat. And then you throw in the first two weeks, the new offensive coordinator. So the word is, as difficult as Todd Haley is to work with, he was Antonio Brown's favorite guy in the world, right? Because he designed the offense around him to get him the ball. And now, without him getting his touches, he's pissed. There's no Le'Veon. They're losing. And it's just a total mess. Well, somebody, this, this kind of was triggered from somebody tweeting at Antonio Brown saying, you know, he's nothing without, um, without Ben. Or, right, or, or right. Something to that effect. Right. And he said, well, you know what? Then trade me then. Right. And I think it was somebody within the, the Steelers organization. I don't know what role they had in the organization, but it was somebody from the organization that, that tweeted at him. And he said, well, you know what? Then go ahead and trade me and see what happens. <laughs> Does it amaze you that 
a guy, the best wide receiver in the NFL, making millions of dollars a year, the top athlete in the world, can get that bent out of shape. No, I'm tweet. not surprised by that because that's the way things are going. Every all the athletes are on Twitter now. You can, it's like you almost have access to them. And if they go ahead and check their mentions and they see something that they don't like, I mean, you've you've probably seen stuff, you know, on your mentions on oh, all the time, like you know, things pop up and you want to see what people say. You want to see what people say about the show. You want to see what oh, people oh, yeah. say about your takes on Baker Mayfield. You want to see what people say about, you know, your, your football picks and stuff like that. So, so you can get triggered by that sort dude, of stuff. You know what? You make a great point. And I asked the question, but I already knew the answer because it's not about where you are in life. It's not about how much money you make. It's not about what you do. You could be, I see some of that stuff all the time and I'm good about like joking with other people on Twitter. Cause that's what I think it is. But like if I had a bad day, and I'm pissed off and I go on there and I see a message that angers me. If I could let that go 99 times out of hundred, I will. But that one time I'm like, you know what? Screw it. And you want to fire back. Yeah. And these athletes, they're people too, man. And they see that kind of stuff and it pisses them off and they want to go ahead and fire back. So you know what? Good on you. Go for it. That's what I say. No, but it doesn't surprise me at all because they, now that they've kind of grown up in this, this Twitter culture or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's it's more common, and and, oh, yeah. and and again, you know, I think teams are going to implement <laughs> more more things so that. <laughs> Mike Tomlin said, "Don't ask me about Twitter," and then he said, "You know, something about do we need a social media policy? Like, what do you do with these guys? Can you can you really limit what they do on social media? I mean, that's even worse. So it's just something you kind of have to deal with now. That's a weird game, by the way." That's why I wanted to bring it up because they're going to Tampa to play Fitz Magic. It's in my picks. On Monday night, short line, Steelers minus one and a half. So I'm just throwing it out there for everybody before we get to the picks. All right, so now we got through most of the drama. Let's talk about games. We talked about Eagles-Colts, Eagles up to minus seven. We, we gave you the Monday night game there. And some other games of note, I got the Saints at the Falcons, Falcons minus three. That's an intra-conference game, uh, big in-division game, so that's sort of a big one for both of those teams. Uh, the pack at the Skins, Green Bay minus three, another interesting game to me, uh, line-wise and team-wise. And then the Raiders at the Fins, as well. Raiders at the Fins, another minus three. So a lot, of, a lot of minus three games, and I wanted to just roll them all first because I thought all three of them were very interesting to me, and you obviously agree that there's some intrigue there. I have two of those that you mentioned in my picks. I guess I'll get the picks started. Yeah, go for it. I'll start off with Washington. I'm taking Washington plus two and a half at home versus Green Bay. And that was an interesting line for me because as soon as I looked at it, I thought Rodgers is playing. Green Bay would be at least minus six and a half, I thought, in my brain. So when I saw two and a half, okay. when I saw two and a half, because, because Rodgers starting, sure. when I saw – Washington plus two and a half at home. I'm definitely taking that. Yeah, yeah. And if you could get it at three, right? Because I've seen it at three. Obviously, it's better. Get that extra hook in there. Um, would be good for you if you're taking the dog. So I wanted to start uh, with, I hope Smitty's still on here, with the Bills at the Vikings. Uh, it's the biggest line on the board this week, and I'm going to hammer it. In Minnesota was minus 16 and a half last time I checked. So I'm sure it probably moved up to 17. No, I don't it's care. Still, it's still there. Good. I'm going to hammer that. I'm going to take the Vikings to hammer the Bills. Um, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, especially when it comes to not covering big point spreads. So I'll take the Vikings. Okay. So my second pick I have, uh, it's, it's our, uh, Arizona versus Chicago. 
Arizona is at home. I'm taking Chicago minus five. I think their defense plays well. I like minus five. That's a line that stood out to me. I wow. Like this is, I think this is the first time in the history of the show that we agree on a pick and we're both taking it. I, I saw the Bears yesterday at minus five and a half. Um, I think they're going to choke the Cardinals offense with that defense. I know it's in Arizona, but I don't care. I'll take the Bears minus five and a half. If it's down to five, that's even better. I'll take the Bears as that's well. That's really the first time we agree? I think so. We could check the tapes. We never agree. We've gone head-to-head on games before. I don't think we've ever been on the same side. What's he saying? Just disrespect. Me. What I disrespect? <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. I didn't say anything about the Bills, even though they do suck. But uh, my next pick. This is another one that I picked based on line movement. So games in Seattle, Dallas versus Seattle. Dallas is plus one and a half. They opened, um, they opened at plus three, and it's since moved to plus one and a half. So there's some money coming in Dallas's way. I did see that. I like Dallas uh, to beat Seattle. Yep, I, I like them out. I, I I heard a lot of talk of that, so I did see that. Um, so one line I'm going to mention before I give you my next picks. Um, last week I fell into the the here kitty kitty trap, but I only did it because it was the Patriots, right? And I always bet them. I'm going to take New England again this week, minus seven in Detroit. The Lions are horrendous at home, especially when New England comes there. Uh, I don't care that it's seven points. I think New England needs a bounce back here after the loss. I think the Lions are by far the worst team in that division in the North. So I will take New England. The short line this week, and I wanted to get your take on this prop, the Titans at the Jaguars it opened up to Jacksonville was minus one, and then I saw it flop to Tennessee getting points. Where is it at right now? Uh, Tennessee giving points. I'm sorry. No. So you got. A, I think you got a bad line there. So it opened minus ten and a half Jacksonville, and it is now minus nine and a half. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. So you got a. You that's why, got a bad line. There. Yeah, because when I saw minus one, and I, I, I would, yeah, that's, that's I'm thinking not, that's insane to me. That's the the shortest line. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. Okay. So I, See, that's I, why we do this, because I, I had that line, and I'm like, how could that be minus one? I stayed away from that one. So yeah, at, yeah. my next one, speaking of short lines, and you, you already mentioned it, is Tampa Bay at the Steelers. So Tampa Bay is plus one and a half. I'm sorry, they're not at Steelers. No, it's they're, Steelers they're at in, Tampa. They're it's in at Tampa. Home. Yeah. So I'm riding the Fitzmagic train, man. I don't necessarily trust or believe in it, but that's such a, that's such a short line um, that I'm taking – I'm taking Tampa Bay plus one and a half at home. I like Pittsburgh. it. That's it's a weird. That's a weird line there. I like you it. You think you would think Pittsburgh is, you know, it opened at it opened at Pittsburgh minus two and a half, and it's moved to Pittsburgh minus one and a half. So I'm taking Tampa on that. I like it. I like it a lot. So, um, you know, I typically always bet favorites, but I'm starting with my dog of the week, and my dog this week. I already mentioned the game is the Saints plus three at Atlanta. I know the Saints have been disappointing this year, as have the Falcons, uh, you know, really. But I like the Saints to get on track. Even though it's in Atlanta, it's still a dome, right? So, And I, Atlanta doesn't really have a great home field advantage. I know it's a division game, but I'll take the points. I like the Saints to Atlanta win Atlanta plays right? very well at home. I'm saying they don't, I didn't say they don't play well at home. They're a turf team, but they don't have a home field advantage necessarily, especially against a dome team because the Saints are also a dome team, right? So it's not – to me, there's not a big thing there. I mean, it's Atlanta. It's kind of loud in domes. That's all right. Tell me who has a better home field advantage, New Orleans or Atlanta? I, I think Atlanta has had it over the last few years. I'm nah. really I, who that? I'm gonna have to look into it. Who that? So I'm taking the Saints. I'll take the plus. I'll take the three. I like them to win outright, but I'll take the points. I'll take the Saints. Okay. So I have one more pick for you. 
and this was a, a line movement thing. So I have Houston at home, minus six versus the Giants. Opened at Houston, minus three. It's moved to minus six. I think Deshaun Watson has a big game. I'm not sure if Fuller is back. Uh, I think he was back last week. He's always questionable, it seems like. Every week he's got a hamstring going on. But him and DeAndre, uh, I think, put up some big numbers this week for Deshaun. I think Houston rolls over the, the poo-poo Giants. Oh, yeah, they are doo-doo. Um, all right, that wraps up the pick segment. Um, let's do a, I got a couple things I want to cover real quick, but you want to do a quick pick recap for everybody here? Sure. So real quick, starting in college today, you got your Stanford minus two and a half over Oregon, Northern Illinois plus 10 over Florida State, Virginia. What am I not allowed now? You're missing the, the sweet spot oh, down there. Bad, yeah. Bad. All right. Virginia minus five. How, there that you go. Yeah. You're hitting it. All right. Yeah. You can check your levels, buddy. Virginia minus five and a half over Louisville. Now we're moving to pro Washington plus two and a half over Green Bay, Chicago minus five over Arizona, Dallas plus one and a half over Seattle, Tampa Bay plus one and a half over Pittsburgh, Houston minus six versus the Giants. That's a lot of picks. It's a lot of picks right there. It's a lot of knowledge. <laughs> All Hopefully right. better than the list. So I got Bama minus 26, West Virginia minus 16, and TCU minus three in college, NFL. Vikings minus 16 and a half, Patriots minus seven, Bears minus five and a half, and Saints plus three. We will start the tally. I was one and two last week. And do we have we don't have any we don't have any uh, viewer picks. No viewer picks this week. Um, send them in. Send them in before the game start. They will count toward the we, viewer totals. We need a celebrity viewer pick to get us off the schneid here. Uh, we're 0 and 2, which is uh, stinky. So before we wrap up here and let everybody get to their college football Saturday, let's talk about the Phillies. They are officially out. They dropped the first two in this series against the Braves. They stink underwater and have officially buried themselves. It's over. It's okay. A, it's over. I'm ready to call it. It's over. I've stuck on. I've stuck to them for so long. I thought they were really going to start pulling things out. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely over. It's over. So uh, better you luck see, next year. Did you see – uh, the shirt that I had on for last week, the T-shirt that I had on, the big fella 17. No. That was my Reese Hoskins shirt. Like, I got the DD shirt on right now. I kind of really only got this because it's, you know, my number. But um, I had the, the shirt that I had on last week is a red Philly shirt. It's really cool. And it was their uh, Little League weekend shirts that they had because they all had their nicknames that they put on the back. And he was big fella. And it, so I got it. And it's cool. It's that cool red. This is the, this is the same thing. Because it was like I was like get your second one half off, and if I was looking for anyone on there with eighteen and a cool nickname, so I, I picked this well, one. Well, let's look at the positives, man, because they are on the way up. We have to. Would you? you totally have to agree. agree. Totally agree. Up, and we're actually we have we're in a place right now where we're able to make some moves. This, no, this I totally agree. So the future is very bright. You know, we need to figure some things out on where pieces are going to be and who we're going to get rid of, and but the the future is bright because we have money in our pockets. We have money in our pockets, and we have people that now. Would want to come here and play with some of the pitchers that we have. I dude, I think, I think, and obviously we won't belabor baseball. We've talked about the Phils. Um, I think I love everything about the team. I love the talent pool on the team, both pitching and position players. I love the cap situation that they're at, the money. I love everything. The only thing I don't love about this team, and I said it from the first week of the season, is the manager. I just cannot get behind this one hundred percent analytics managing. I'm sorry, I don't like it. And 
the more strange these things happen, these events and games where you're pulling your three hole hitter in the second inning. Right. And like, I can't, I can't get behind this stuff, man. I just, it, it baffles me. And I know I sound like an old baseball curmudgeon, right? But because I'm an analytics guy to a certain extent, I like to incorporate some of it. Like, but I, I just, I don't know. I can't get behind just the letting a computer manage for you. Well, and now listen, now with his first season under his belt, a lot of the moves that he make, made this year are dependent on the pieces that you have to, to move into place, right? Jamie, Jamie says stay positive just like I'm Gabe. trying to stay positive here. So a lot, of, a lot of those moves I think are dependent on the pieces that he has to move with. Now, I, I'm with you. Some of this stuff was baffling to me. But if we, if we can start getting the right personnel in here to make those moves, and if that's the mindset that they're going to go in with and actually include him in making these decisions – of things that he needs, it's more like a, a weird Chip Kelly thing, though, isn't it? No. So, so I. So you're saying you're saying like the Billy Bean, right? Like get Scott Hatterberg at first base. Like get the guys, guys that, that fit are, the system. Guys that fit what he's trying to do with these moves more so than you know playing with seven first basemen on right, the field. Right. But see, you know? I so I am making these moves with these with these guys right. that don't have the ability to. I I give you that. He's he's working with a group of guys that were here that he's trying to fit to his system, not he's bringing guys in to fit his system, right? Right. So I'm letting, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give him the benefit of time to at least be, be in the conversation with who he's bringing in to, to do these things that he wants to do. Okay. That's fair enough. So that's, that's where I'm trying to positive spin. This I, got <laughs> I, I got you. I got you. I got you. And I guess I can maybe get on board with that. But the problem is, right. There's also a, a flip side to that. If you do that, like Chip Kelly did, and you let him get rid of your stars for bringing in his guys, and it doesn't work out. He can leave the system and the team in disarray, like Chip Kelly did to the Eagles. No, here's the difference, though. The difference is they are going to spend in free agency, and they're going to spend on the names that you do want because all around those those role guys, those those position guys that you need to get on base, are going to be guys like Harper, guys like Machado. Those are the names that you really want. So you're never going to be left in disarray because the game – like we've talked about, is still moving toward toward this home run. Dude, it's a, it's I, I a home want, run league. I want Bryce Harper here in the worst way. So it's moving toward this home run league. It's been moving that for a, you know, 10, 15 years at this point. But now that you have these roll guys that are going to be on base, you know, it's just like softball. You don't want to hit a solo home run, right? Well, you, you need guys to get on base in front of the guys that are going to hit the home runs. I agree. So if you can get those guys, and now you pull in guys like Harper, guys like Machado, to have guys on base for them when they are ready to I, swing the big bat. I agree with you. So that's what I'm saying. Bob said my favorite quote from the uh, from Moneyball. I pay no, no stealing. We don't steal. We don't steal at all. Well, that's what you pay me for. No, I pay you to get on first, not get thrown out at second. There's a lot of good quotes in that. That's a, that and the bunting thing I love. And we don't bunt anymore either. They look at them kind of funny. No, bun no bunts. The other team bunts. They're just giving you an out. Just pick it up, throw it to first base, take the out. We don't bunt. My favorite quote from that movie is when he's down in the in the batting tunnel talking to David, David Justice, Justice. Yeah. And he goes, The Yankees are paying or they're paying us. They're to paying keep us to keep you. <laughs> and he's like, No, that's like why that. you're paying me like seven million. And he goes, Actually, I'm paying a million and a half. The Yankees are paying the other five. That's how much they think of the you. The Yankees are paying to play against you. Yeah. That's how much they think of you. That's pretty good. That's, that's a great good. movie. I love that movie. Seriously. All right. So last thing I wanted to touch on, I didn't want to get into it too much, but it was a big happening. 
and we're starting to tip into the NBA season. But I did want to touch on the story because it was very interesting to me where it's gone. So Jim, Jimmy Butler demanded a trade this week. I don't know if you saw that. Yes, indeed. He's got one year left on his contract, and he'll be a free agent. So he basically went to the T-Wolves and said, look, I'm out of here. There's no chance I resign. So go ahead and trade me. However, there's only three spots you can trade me, the Clippers, the Knicks, or the Nets. So we can debate the whole player power thing, right? Like we can debate that another time, and we will once you know we get into the NBA season more. But the thing I thought was awesome is Tom Thibodeau, who is not only the coach, is the GM of that team as well, said, nope, not happening. We're not trading you. Not even close. No chance. They're not fielding offers. They're not even listening. He, so they're going to play with Jimmy for the rest of the year and it is what it is. Well, hold on a second because I don't know if you saw the second part of this that came out. So all that news came out about Thibodeau saying, well, no, we're not trading him. However, there are reports from Adrian Wojnarowski uh, that the Woj, the Woj bomb, that the owner of the team has come out and said, come to me directly. Whoa, this is amazing. He, I haven't heard this. He is, he is up for trade. You, even if you have to come to me directly, do it. This is amazing. I have not heard this yet. This so, gets even better and better. There's a lot more to come with this. This is awesome. This came out probably, I don't know, I saw it probably an hour, hour and a half ago on Twitter. Yeah, I, didn't, that, I haven't seen that yet. That Woj dropped the bomb that said, yeah, the owner has now come out against the GM and said, no, he is on the block. So, <laughs> Dude, that's let's hear, amazing. Let's hear all offers. Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. I can't wait to, to pay attention to this. I've been loving the story all week because it's the power struggle between the coach and the player. Now the owner's coming out. This is great. I love it. This is what's awesome about the NBA because these players have so much control over a game and a team. It's also what kind of stinks about it too, right? Like it's both. So the great part is is that Woj has all the dirt. Woj is the best. So, what did Jamie say? Jamie said something about Philly. I think for NBA. What did he say? Jamie said another NBA star with zero interest in Philly. Yeah, but you know what, Jamie? He doesn't. He doesn't want to come. I actually heard this. He. I mean, look, dude. He he said the Nets. Like, who wants to go to Brooklyn and play for the Nets? He doesn't care about where he's going to play. Neither None of those teams are any good. What he wants is he wants a max deal, and he wants to be able to shoot 42 times a game and score 30 points, and he doesn't care if they win. That's all he cares about. He, he doesn't, he's not looking to go to a winning team. He just wants to get paid a lot of money and fill it up. That's all, that's all he cares about, naming those two teams. And it's because Brooklyn and, and the Knicks, obviously it's either New York or L.A., and that's it. And he doesn't want to go to the Lakers. He, said, he only said Clippers. So it's all about he wants a volume of shots, Nobody like just feeding him the ball. I'm the man, and that's it. So he's pulling. He's pulling the Kyrie. Yeah. Well, he's even worse the Kyrie, than, where he's going to force their hand so that he can go out and do his be his own. It, yeah. Star. Even worse than Kyrie, because at least Kyrie was looking at like winning franchises. Where this, I mean, he's talked. There's three of the worst teams in the league: the Clippers, the Nets, and the uh, Knicks. They stink. But he wants to start it from scratch with him being the center. Yeah, he wants to be the guy. He wants 35 shots a game. Which no is, you know, you partly look at that from a, a positive perspective where he does, he wants to take a team on his back and he wants the team to build around him, which is like a positive thing. But at the same time, it's also selfish because it's, he has no interest in, in really, uh, the, 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 the team, the guy staying at one place for a long time, that's over. That's way over. It's, it's all over. And yeah. that, that, that's what kind of sucks about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, way over. You know, because you learn to hate guys because they're lifelong Celtics players or their lifelong yeah. bulls or whatever so you're just not going to see that anymore so from one one way i can look at it and again positive spin i'm trying to be positive today um he wants to start his own 
thing by himself, have a team built around him so that he can be, be the guy. I mean, I'm, I'm not criticizing him wanting to do that. I think it's fine. I think if you want to go you look at it from a money aspect, it's kind of negative where he just wants to get, you know, I just, Hey, look, hey, look, man, I, I have zero problem with it. You want to go to the nets and score 35 points a game and get paid. I, I, know, have, z- I have zero just, problem with it. I know, I but that's, just not a, that's not a good look. I mean, it's, it's really not a good look if you're doing it just to get paid. I mean, if you're, if you're looking to go somewhere and build something and actually win, you know, for a franchise. I mean, you look at guys that want to go to the Knicks, it's because they're, they're a storied franchise and obviously they're in New York. And if you can build that market up and if you could build that team up again, obviously you're in a good position. Well, the Knicks, the Knicks are so intriguing right now. I just don't know if he's, if he's the age where he's right, you know, he's going to well, be able to do he's that. He's only got, I mean, he's 29. So, yeah. and he's got the Tibbet, they call it the Thibodeau, Thibodeau wear on his tires because Thibodeau plays his guys a lot. Like Derek Rose had that. So, He's got a little bit more than that on it, but that still gives you essentially four years left in his prime. I mean, literally, NBA players at their best when they're 29 and 30. So, like, he's in the best years. He's a two-time All-NBA first-team player. He's a star, a legit star. But to your point, how long is he going to be able to do that? If he goes to a team like the Nets and puts up 35, by the time they get somebody in there, is and he, they, well, is he they get him left? and the unicorn coming well, back. That's what I was going to say. The, the reason that the Knicks are so intriguing is because I mean, dude, you got Porzingis up there. Like that's it. And he is a legit star. So you pair them together and he's a, the thing that why Jimmy Butler would want to do that is he's an off the ball guy, right? Like he's a big man. So Jimmy can handle the ball and give it to him, but he's, he already has the same thing in Minnesota. Like he's got Carl Anthony towns. So it has more to do with the location. He wants to come to either New York or LA and, everything too to playing, go with that big market yeah exactly but hey I, I don't i'm not i'm not criticizing i'm just saying that's a fact it's like look if you if you grew up in new york and you've been playing in minnesota your whole life and you want to go play in new york and you're a knicks fan i mean who you can't blame the guy that he wants to go play in new york go play in new york well you can look at look at it from two different ways again if he wants to actually build something and, and build a team up and get the knicks back on track um i i didn't um i didn't i have to do this again because i i, I messed it up man I messed it up. I didn't put the. Uh, <laughs> I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't pull the mic up for the. What a zingus! How about that? So Gargano is out on mornings. Yeah, I just saw that. that. Ricky Lazy was texting me. So that's that's his guy. Yeah, oh, that I is mean, Ricky's guy for, and he's gonna go take over at ninety-seven five in the morning show for Gargano for the Cuz. No, Farzetta, Mark Farzetta. Farzetta, is, yeah, yeah, he's taken over. That's what I said. Farzetta, that's okay. that's Lizzie's buddy. That's his guy, and he texted me the buddy? article. Yeah, Ricky knows Mark. No, no kidding. Yeah. Why does he do the tie thing? I don't know. Have you seen Farzetta? Yeah. He's always got the, the collared shirt, but the tie that's like really super yeah, loose. Yeah, ask Ricky. He I'm probably a, knows. I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah. I, it's unique. I like I like any look that you like yourself and unique. You know me, I do whatever I want. I don't care if people think. Yeah, I think it's. A, I don't. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah, I'm excited to hear him there, and I know it's going to be a nice war because that's a. He's a former Cataldi like understudy, right? Like they're tight. So yeah. So these these moves always happen really quickly because I think a lot of these guys have like non competes where they can't they can't get on the they you're not allowed on the radio a certain amount of time, you know, after leaving one station to go to another. Right. So that's why. Right. Uh, I guess he disappeared from WIP for a while, yeah. and now he's reappearing. But the weird thing about it is, is you don't hear anything about what happened and why they they don't why they, they won't yeah they won't tell you. So Gargano found out like Thursday, Thursday and Friday they had the show with Aton and Cooney, and they didn't say anything. They won't they won't acknowledge it. They just that's how radio works, man. They just gloss over it. It's very weird. And then 
whenever whenever Far's head is going to start, he'll start, and they will just go. You they have to get your news from Crossing Broad. Yeah, yeah, they won't talk about it because it's a ratings thing. They don't want to say admit that they were losing the ratings battle. Well, maybe if maybe Ricky can get us on the case, and we'll get out there and do some frontline reporting. We'll find out. Yeah, to the bottom of it. I like it. All right. Well, we want to. Uh, Talk about some sponsors and then remind the folks of our show next week, Sunday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Screwballs King of Prussia. Again, if you guys don't know where that is, let us know. We'll drive you there. We'll find a way to get you there. I'll get you an Uber if you can't make it. It's going to be a great day, great show. Like I said, we're going to go up to the Eagles game, and then hang out after. It's the day after my birthday, and I'm going to be off Monday. So if you ever wanted to have revelries with swags, that's the day. It's going to be a <laughs> good time. But we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to recap, again, the, the games from this week, all of our picks, and then, uh, obviously, pregame show for what's uh, what's coming up against the Titans. So, and we'll have the T-shirts, as always. Thanks to everybody that supports the show, both behind us on the wall here and on the live feed. Appreciate the comments. Appreciate the shares. Don't forget, if you're on YouTube and the iTunes podcast application, give us a thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. It doesn't cost you anything, but it helps us out. That's it. For the prop, swags. Chase a chip, chase yeah, a never chase a bitch, be a fun, mask on, yeah, fuck it, mask off a bitch, mask on, yeah, fuck it, mask off, be a fun, purpose it, yeah, my little purpose it.